What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Formula One Gridlock Podcast. I am your host, as always, uh, Nathan Charles, and I'm here again, as always, with my co-host, Chase Bozung. Chase, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Pretty good, Chase. I'm pretty good. Um, the Spanish Grand Prix, the 2021 Spanish Grand Prix was a little boring, but mm-hmm. it, it had enough that I think we can make a full podcast out of this. <laughs> yeah, we, we can definitely try to. <laughs> All right, let's get into the race rundown. Once again, the 2021 Spanish Grand Prix in Barcelona. Taking first place, Lewis Hamilton in the Mercedes. Second place, Max Verstappen in the Red Bull. Third place, Valtteri Bottas in the Mercedes. Fourth place, Charles Leclerc in the Ferrari. Fifth place, Sergio Perez in the Red Bull. Sixth place, Daniel Ricciardo in McLaren. Seventh place, Carlos Sainz in the Ferrari. Eighth place, Lando Norris in the McLaren. Ninth place, Esteban Ocon in the Alpine. Tenth place, Pierre Gasly in the AlphaTauri. 11th place, Lance Stroll in the Aston Martin. 12th place, Kimi Raikkonen in the Alfa Romeo. 13th place, Sebastian Vettel in the Aston Martin. 14th place, George Russell in the Williams. 15th, Antonio Giovinazzi in the Alfa Romeo. 16th place, Nicholas Latifi in the Williams. 17th place, Fernando Alonso in the Alpine. 18th place, Mick Schumacher in the Haas. 19th place, Nikita Mazepin in the Haas. We only had one do not did not finish, and that of course Yuki Sonoda in the AlphaTauri. Incredibly disappointing for my boy Yuki. You know I'm a Yuki Sonoda fanboy. To, to see him, to see him go out like that, Chase, it was yeah. tough. It was tough on my heart. It was tough on my heart. Out of his control. All right, let's get in to the one word description. Chase, go ahead. My one word uh, description is dissatisfied. Dissatisfied because, you know, just right in the grasp and then taken from us. Just just whisked away on a magical plane, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, my one word description for this, again, maybe I'm cheating, but I felt like this race was sort of a slow burn. Like, it started out kind of, you know, Max gets ahead and and you think there's a race going on, but just slowly over time, it just kind of burns away into a into just kind into quite honestly a race we've seen before. We've seen this type of race before, where it just it's sort of inevitable. Uh, Lewis Hamilton is gonna, you know, he's gonna take it eventually. All right, Chase, let's get into your pick for driver of the day. Let me know my pick for driver of the day. No one really stood out major this week. You know, everyone just kind of did their job, you know. But my pick was Max Verstappen, and it's for two reasons. The first is passing Lewis in, like, the first corner. Like, he didn't let Lewis have anything at the start. And then uh, the fact that he read the he, – he led the race for – 90% of it? Mm-hmm. 60 laps? That's impressive. I totally agree with you. That that first corner overtake was pure max. Like, that's just, you know, yeah. he's just hyper-aggressive. And, and, and good on Lewis for, you know, not, not kind of 
you know, good on Lewis for letting him kind of go past him, you know, in order to, to kind of continue going, you know, he knew he would get another shot at him and he did. But I, yeah, that first overtake was perfection. Definitely. My driver of the day, Chase, I have a hard time picking Lewis Hamilton because you could honestly make a case for him to be the driver of the day every week. Mm -hmm. Right. But I got to go with him. I mean, this was just, this was an excellent drive from, from Lewis and, and, and a great drive from Mercedes. You know, they did a great job with their, uh, with their tire strategy come, you know, with the two stops, not everybody did a two stop. Red Bull didn't do a two stop and they paid for it. Uh, so I, I have to give this driver, my driver of the day to Lewis Hamilton. That's fair. He took it at the end of the day. He did what mattered, which was cross the line during the lap that mattered. <laughs> Bare minimum on this race, Sanchez. Yeah. <laughs> As you, like you said, they did their jobs. <laughs> Yeah, they did their jobs. Mercedes did their job, which was win. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, why don't we zoom out a little bit, Chase? Give me your team of the week. Team of the week, once again, was hard. They all did their jobs, like I keep repeating. But it's Mercedes. They did it. They pulled home the money. They they had the better strategy. It's It was evident that they had the better strategy, especially after the race. And... First and third, I mean, it's expected, but it's still that it's still up there. It's still good, regardless of whether it's expected. Absolutely, that's a good one. Um, I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. I I also sort of had Mercedes as one of my picks for you know driver or for for team of the week, but I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. I'm gonna go with Ferrari. I think their driver scoring fourth and seventh was pretty good. I think Ferrari is going to be, you know, pretty happy coming away with that. Maybe if uh, Carlos signs down there in seventh and maybe, you know, maybe gained a place, maybe gotten up into sixth. I don't think he was close enough to the Red Bull, um, but he was pretty close to Daniel Ricciardo. I, I think just a, a, a second or two off um, from from the race result here on the Formula One website. But, uh, you know, Ferrari coming off, not, you know, some two not great seasons. I think they're going to be happy, you know, uh, double points finish on the weekend. I'm pretty sure that they're still, you know, I think that that puts them in third uh, overall, third or fourth. They're they're pretty. I think they are fourth. Yeah, they're fourth um, to the McLaren. Only five points behind. Um, you know, they're still. I, I starting the season, I didn't think that Ferrari would be uh, would be fighting for the third place like they are with McLaren. Um, but that third place. Uh, a constructors championship is going to be the one to watch in my opinion, because McLaren and Ferrari are, they have, have uh, McLaren is ahead in third place right now at 65 points, Ferrari right behind them at 60. And then fifth place is Alpine with 15. So nobody else is really going at, at this point in the season, nobody else is really challenging, uh, challenging those two teams uh, again, McLaren and Ferrari. So I think, Every weekend that Ferrari has two points finishes, they're going to be pretty happy. So that's my pick. I, I agree. And I don't think that Alpine, Alphatari, or Aston Martin have a good enough foothold to challenge 
Ferrari or Miss or McLaren. Uh, and if I'm being honest, Ferrari's super consistent this season. They've done a great job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Chase, let's get into my favorite segment of the podcast, which is, of course, worst of the weekend. Chase, what was just the worst? Honestly, not that many things. Not that many things. But what disappointed me the most was Alonzo Alonzo almost being up there with his teammate. And then due to poor strategy, maybe, poor, I, I don't even know, just just fell all the way back to, what, 17th place. That That was what disappointed me this weekend. I wanted to see Alonzo kind of saying, hey, guys, I may have retired for a year or two. I, I forget how long he retired for. I may be, air quotes, old, you know, one of the geezers on the track, but I'm still here. And then just something happened, and he got knocked out of the points. Yeah, uh, he was definitely fighting for some points there, and he ended up, what did he end up, 17th, I think? Yeah, 17th place. Yeah, that's tough for a driver of Fernando's caliber. Mm-hmm. All right, Chase. Well, I had two uh, just things that I was just like, this is the worst. First off, my boy, Yuki Tsunoda, not finishing the race, an engine failure. Man, that sucks. It's just the worst because I think Yuki Tsunoda is very good. So I need I need him to have a good car underneath him. And I do think that Alpha Tauri car is pretty good. I think if they were a little bit more consistent getting points, they might be closer to 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 you know fighting ferrari and mclaren uh for that third place i don't think they they'd beat them but i think they you know any any competition is good competition you know what i mean definitely i'd love to see it especially because we know that alfatari is the baby red bull which means they're not they're not using terrible tech or strats or you know they get the hand-me-downs and and we know pierre's pierre's shown himself to be a good racer yuki's young he's a good young racer they could be contending it if they if if i guess the right uh blocks fall into place yeah i think that 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 alpha tower is faster than the alpine but the results just haven't shown that so if if Again, if that Alpha Tower, if they can get more consistent in their qualifying, let me see where they, those two qualify. Pierre Gasly qualified in twelfth and sixteenth for Sonoda. I mean, those just like they just need to be better than that. I feel like that car is better than that. Um, they should at least be near the the end of the points there. Like, I don't expect that Alpha Tower to beat a McLaren, but it's quicker than the Aston Martins. I think it is. I think so, it's also quicker than the Alpines, personally. Yeah. yeah. Love to see the AlphaTauri get a little bit more, uh, a little bit more consistent there in the qualifying. My second uh, item for worst of the weekend chase is yeah. Red Bull's strategy with Max Verstappen. It pains me to watch a race like this where, where like the driver just sort of becomes a sitting duck. I understand like that's, you know, it's sort of adds some drama to it, 
but this one there really was no drama yeah. because because uh, i mean it was very evident that max was just a sitting duck in front and that lewis was going to catch him it, it became so evident i as soon as as soon as they pitted and i kind of saw what was going on as soon as mercedes pitted and i saw, sort of saw what was going on i just kind of tuned out because i said oh there goes i mean there goes the there goes the house like that's kind of it so red bull not changing their strategy and recognizing that they didn't have the distance like that that lewis was going to catch them i think is is really a failure on red bull's part i agree i think as soon as they recognized that mercedes had changed their strategy red bull should have done the exact same because if you look at it if if max pits the next lap i i believe that he's still ahead of Lewis. It's it would be very close, I think. But if you give Max the opportunity, I think he beats him. I think like, so too. Even if even if Lewis comes out in front of him, I think Max is quicker. Max was quicker in that on that on that track. He was. I think he who ended up with the fastest lap? I think Max ended up with the fastest lap. I, I yeah, Max got it. Yeah, Max Verstappen, he was faster than Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton's fastest lap was a 120 in the race. was a 120. Max's was a 118. That's almost two seconds faster. And that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a good amount. So I, I just, I put that fully on Red Bull. I really don't put that on Max because, again, you know, Max did what he could. He, he, he held on for as long as he could, but it, it, it was just inevitable. And you realize that somebody in Red Bull failed. They, they were like, no, we have enough. There's enough time left or there's, there's not enough time left for him to catch him. We'll be fine. And that's just not the case. And so I think wh- whoever, whatever Red Bull engineer made that call, you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I agree. Like you said, it's not the driver's fault. And for me, the obvious notion that it's not the driver's fault is the fact that he passed Hamilton in the first corner. Like, immediately Max was like, this is my race. And then he he doesn't win it, and it's nothing. You can't blame on him. You can't blame it on him that he didn't win it. You absolutely cannot. All right, Chase, let's just focus a little bit on inside the paddock. So, Chase, the prompt or, you know, the sort of question we've been mulling about um, when we've been talking uh, outside of the podcast. Will there be a more successful driver than Lewis Hamilton in our lifetime? Go. Ah, that's tough. So I feel like we have to kind of define successful as in more championships. More wins, like better statistics, higher win percentages. Like, what what are we thinking here? I would say that I'm. I uh, generally, I'm just talking world championships. Do you think someone is going to either match or get close to the dominance that we've seen Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes have? 
Do you think that's possible in our lifetime? I, I do. Hmm. I do, and my reasoning for that is the age gap between the two best drivers on the field, but the skill gap between them. I'm not talking statistics gap. I'm talking the skill gap. Between Hamilton and Verstappen, let's see, Hamilton is, one second, he's 36 years old, right? 36 years old. Max Verstappen is 23 years old. Mm-hmm. And he's giving Hamilton a run for his money this entire season. It's their two best starts to a season statistically between the both of them. Yep. A decade passes. Verstappen is still three years younger than Hamilton is now. I think, I think the fact that Max is so good and so young, I think, I don't know if he'll beat him, but I think he'll definitely challenge him. And I think, we will see Verstappen win multiple drivers' championships. And if we don't, that's going to be the most disappointing thing in my life, honestly. Okay, here. This, again, you were right. This is a hard question. And I actually, I tend to disagree. And Mm. here's why. Let me tell you why. There is a common theme with teams and drivers. Obviously, the drivers are some of the best. You know, the obviously Michael Schumacher was was clearly the best in his time. Lewis Hamilton mm-hmm. is the best in in his time. But but there's a common theme that these drivers they don't change teams. And another thing that doesn't change is the rules and regulations for the cars. These guys all drive very similar cars when they are the most successful. I think that as we, as this sport goes longer and longer, those rule changes will get, will, there will be more and more of them preventing someone to have the sustained dominance that someone like Michael Schumacher, someone like Lewis Hamilton had. I agree with you that Max Verstappen is technically one of the most gifted drivers we've ever seen. And I do think he will win championships, but I think, I don't think I can see him getting, having the the same longevity of success because once he starts to have that success, the FIA is going to, going to do the same thing that they sort of are doing now with Lewis, where they're like, Lewis has been doing Lewis and Mercedes have been doing this, you know, seven years straight, whatever. Like, I don't know if it's straight, but, uh, they've been at the top for so long. We need to change the rules. We need to mix it up. We need to, uh, make new car designs so that somebody else, whoever that may be, maybe it's McLaren, maybe it's Ferrari. Somebody else comes with, comes up with a better design and, and if not beats them, at least breaks up the monotony of Mercedes dominance. And for that reason, I don't think we'll ever see another driver, you know, win you know, seven or six, seven world championships. I could see somebody getting five. I can see somebody getting four, but once you get up into that, that seven, that like that, that, that time where it's just, it feels like it's, they've been like all I can remember, like all I can remember 
is Lewis Hamilton really being at the top. Uh, you know, not that, not that that's, I, I just don't know. I just can't see that happening. Do you know what I mean? I just yeah. can't see somebody having the exact same type of sustained dominance that we've seen Lewis and Mercedes have. So I, I agree with you on a ton of those points. I, don't get me wrong. I, I completely agree on a lot of them. But I'm not necessarily saying that Max is going to dominate for the next seven years. I'm playing the age gap that I keep mentioning. Let's let's say the hypothetical here, we're just going to stay with seven world championships is the best statistic over time, right? We're just going to go with currently what how many Lewis Hamilton has. Right, Max has 13 years to get seven world championships to tie Lewis Hamilton, and he doesn't need to win it consistently. 13 years by the time he's Hamilton's age to get seven, he doesn't need to dominate for seven years straight. He could do one every year or so. You know, you see what I'm saying? I'm just saying. With his skill and then with the amount of time he has until he's Hamilton's age, that's a big, big gap in my opinion. And as far as I'm aware, Lewis doesn't want to quit. So Lewis is going to keep going for a couple of years. And I could see Max doing the same thing. So I agree with you on the fact that the FIA doesn't want another team dominating for the next you know, five years because that's boring. It's no one likes Mercedes currently because it's boring, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, I, maybe it's, maybe I'm holding too much hope, but I don't know. I'm just saying if Max is challenging Lewis right now, give it two years, give it three years, you know? It's an interesting question. Uh, I don't, I, that's it's it's tough and then that goes back to the to the thing is like if does max need to win seven championships in order to be considered better than lewis you know are we talking you know maybe he wins three championships but nobody's even close like like race by race he's just he's just nobody's even close to him he wins like every single race and do we look at that with the same light we look at Lewis? I don't know. Well, statistically, he has to win more than sevens, right? Because that's, if you look up top 10 lists, it's usually statistically. It usually goes Lewis, a lot of people then put Schumacher, then put uh, Juan Man Bengio, right? What was his name? With the five back in the day? Uh, uh, it could be. Something, something, it usually goes by driver's championships, but I do see what you're saying. The one thing Lewis, er, the one thing Verstappen can't do, is like statistics of races in versus races won. Hmm. And by that I mean, we have a we have a driver that joins for one year, wins half the races. That's a fifty percent win rate on the races they've been in versus the races they've won. Right? Max has been in the sport since what two thousand. 16 so we're talking he's been in tons and tons of races already without winning that many comparatively 
So he'd have to either win more championships or, like you said, he'd have to dominate so heavily that it's not even a question. And here's one thing I'll propose to you. All right. Let's say he does dominate for three years or two years, right, with Lewis in the sport. What happens if the next two years Max sweeps the floor and Lewis is still here? Does Mm. that change your opinion? It changes mine a lot. Uh, On whether – what does it change your opinion on exactly? It changes my opinion on the gap between the two. Oh, okay. Statistically speaking, because once again, Verstappen has not won a driver championship. But if he swept the floor with Hamilton, that would be a little much like, ooh, you know. That's an interesting uh, hypothetical. I hadn't really thought of that. What what would that? How would that affect the way we look at Lewis? Um, I think I. I First off, I don't, I don't, I don't think we'd see that. I think if I agree, I think Lewis is smart enough to 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 recognize like I'm just not as fast as I was, and I think at that moment, I don't think I think he'd retire. I agree. He, I agree. He's got enough going for him outside of the sport. He doesn't. He doesn't. It doesn't feel like he needs to be one of these guys who is just in there for so long, and you're just like, hey, dude, just retire. Mm-hmm. You know. He's smart enough that, and he's got enough going on outside the sport. I think he would he would be smart enough to to get out before things got too bad, too dicey. You know I what mean, I mean? The reason I propose that is because when we talk about greatest of all time, it's a little hard to compare, and you can do this with other sports. It's a little hard to compare who's better uh, if they went up against each other, like. Uh, some of the great legends in F1, they drove completely different cars and they didn't fight people like Lewis. So they weren't in the same arena. With Lewis and Schumacher, they were in the same arena for a bit. But what I'm saying is currently Verstappen and Hamilton are still in the same arena. So does that kind of change our opinions on it? Uh I I just don't really understand the angle you're taking here. Like, what is it? What do you mean? Does it change my opinion on on I'm whether saying, Max is better than Lewis? No, I'm saying like let's say let's say Lewis is or Verstappen's really good these next two years, but he just can't pull it off. Does that make that that kind of makes him worse? Air quotes in my eyes. If he just can't pull it off, you mean if he can't Hamilton beat can, Lewis? Yeah, and Hamilton continues dominating, especially with rule changes. Then it's kind of okay. like, oh, Hamilton is more dominant because Verstappen's being super dominant, but he's still not enough, you know? Sure. Okay, I, yeah, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Hmm. It's tough. That is tough. I mean, I, I, this all kind of goes back to the cars, though. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this Mercedes car that Lewis is driving is like, is is it's the best car it's the best formula one car we've ever seen yeah so how much how much of of the mercedes and lewis hamilton dominance is the car and how much is lewis and i i don't think we'll ever be really be able to figure that out i don't think we will be too but i'm i like to take a balanced approach onto that 
I'm not a Mercedes hater, and I'm not a Lewis hater. I think Lewis take the take the best car in existence in F1 away from him. I still think he's easy top three to top two. Even if you take the super dominant Mercedes away from him, I still think he does well. Because if we look at when he was at McLaren, when he was a rookie, he was good. He was really good in those early years. That McLaren car was all right, too. Yeah. Wasn't anything special, but it wasn't no, bad. No, it wasn't the best on the grid, but he was all right. And he made it work. He yeah. made it work. Yeah. All right, Chase, let's switch gears a little bit and pod. Three, two, one, back in. All right, Chase, now it's time for our final segment, Head to Head. This is where we pit two teams against each other. So, Chase, let's look at kind of our front three or our front four. Which team has the better long-term plan between Mercedes, Red Bull, and Ferrari? How long are we talking? In the next 10 years. I, hmm, that's really tough. Because you have a couple things going on here. You have, let's say Mercedes stops dominating. Are they going to pull out of the sport quick, right? Or are they going to make it a slow, like you said earlier, a slow burn? Are they going to die out painfully? Or are they going to die out that bad? Or are they just still going to be there? Does, there's always talks about uh, Max leaving Red Bull and stuff like that does does red bull have a long-term plan currently with max with their young drivers they're big into the programs uh and then ferrari has just always been here you know they're just the the grandpas the best long-term plan i think i'd have to hand it to red bull because of their programs they're always looking for the next best they have two teams currently, and we're not talking like, like how we're not talking contracted drivers. We're talking that is their literal second team. And I think Ferrari's coming back up the ladder, but in the what seventy years they've been in, they probably do know the the most by like extreme amounts that's a tough one i think i'd have to go red bull or ferrari personally all right man sorry i'm coughing so much all right chase uh i disagree with you and i disagree with you pretty heavily and i'll tell you why yeah uh i i i I half halfway agree with you with red bull I think they they are definitely setting themselves up well for the future with their young driver program with Yuki a guy like Yuki Sonoda, young, quick, coming through the ranks fast. But Ferrari is in shambles, and I'll tell you why. Mm. None of their young drivers are are studs. None that we've yeah. seen so far. Uh, the probably the the brightest one is 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 Mick Schumacher, which he yes, you know first in F1 or first in F2, excuse me, pretty good, but he hasn't exactly shown that the same gusto 
just he just doesn't have it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know that has it. Like whatever it is, like just that, just that little extra speed. Yusunoda's yeah. got it. And when when I'm when I'm talking about like long term plans, I always look at the top team principles. You know, you've got three major heads. Uh, you know, Total Wolf and Mercedes, Christian Horner, Red Bull, and Mattia Bonato at Ferrari. And the worst of those three, by far, is Mattia Bonato. He just doesn't know what he's doing. He just doesn't. So, and really, it's for that reason that I, I say that Mercedes has the best long-term plan. Mercedes has has Total Wolf, who just... I, I am a firm believer that Total Wolf is one of the best, like, he's easily the best Formula One team principal like he just knows how to run uh, a team like um, like mercedes i think he might be one of the best like coaching figures or like team leading figures in all of sports i i really do i really do and and you're right while mercedes does not have a second team or 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 a you know a a training team like AlphaTauri is to Red Bull. They've got the young, they've got these young drivers that have, that are studs. George Russell is going to be amazing once he finally gets into a Mercedes seat and he's going to be there for a while. I I just, I, I know that we want to see somebody else take the top spot, but I think even with, even when Lewis retires in the next few years, hopefully, God forbid he, he races till he's 45. <laughs> Even when Lewis Hamilton retires, Mercedes is going to still have some great drivers and they have the wherewithal and they have that, they have the, the name, the brand recognition, and they've got the leader to really, if, if somebody shows up out of the blue, and they're in the Red Bull program or and they're in the Ferrari program. Mercedes is going to be like, "Hey, we like you. Come on over." And and what driver wouldn't do that? What driver oh. wouldn't do that? I think I think that it's Mercedes by a long shot and mostly because they're just the way that that Total Wolf runs that team is so good. He just runs it so effectively. I love it. So, I have I have a couple counterpoints here. I I think you made a couple really, really good points, but but two counter arguments. Ferrari's in shambles, but I don't think they're leaving. And then you said ten years, they could fail massively for the next seven and still not leave. It's Ferrari; they want to always be associated with this, and so we could see something change in that amount of time, and then. The, the two things I was banking on for Mercedes' downfall was total leaving because he obviously wanted to retire. He signed a new contract for, what, three more years. Is he going to do that again? And then Hamilton retiring. Though they're two massive big shots with the new rules of the closer regulated cars. That's In the next 10 years, that's some big hits towards Mercedes. And like I said, it's not necessarily that they'll that they might get obliterated, but it's the concept of 
do they want to be in the sport that they're no longer winning? Do they want to have a perfect legacy? Or do they want to have a long legacy is my question. Hmm. Yeah, I can agree with, I guess, one of the caveats is that Total Wolf stays with Mercedes. I know there was a little, you know, there were some questions about whether he would stay on. But I think, uh, I think, here's the deal, even if he, he is out, he still owns the team. Mm-hmm. Like he is, he he is a part owner of the team, so he's still gonna have some influence. You know what, whatever that may look like, he'd probably name his own successor, somebody most likely from within the team. That's how they have always, you know, they they don't hire outside a lot. They tend to promote from the inside, which I think is an excellent business strategy, and that's mm-hmm. Total Wolf's business mind at, at play. I mean, the man is a millionaire outside of Formula One too. Mm-hmm. The man knows how to run businesses. So, yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, a lot of my sort of feelings about Mercedes dominance going forward or Mercedes success going forward hinges on Total Wolf staying in the paddock. So, well, I guess that makes it a good question. If we can sort of strongly disagree and it still be an argument, you know, that's 10 years is a long time. The sport's rough. The sport's competitive. It's what I what I love is that we can debate it and no one can be super dominant, if you know what I mean, in the debate. No one can be exactly. like, oh, you idiot, Michael Jones, <laughs> the best uh, basketball player of all time, you idiot. And, you know, it's it's nothing where it's like, yeah, of course, if you look at certain things. So that's yeah. what I love, you know. For sure, it changes week to week. All right, Chase, let's look ahead. Uh, to the next race, which is Monaco, the 23rd. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's, we did not get Monaco last year, which I, which sucks because I love Monaco. Mm -hmm. I think it's not one of my favorite tracks per se, but I love the spectacle that is the, the Monaco Grand Prix. Don't you? Oh yeah. It's, it's big money. Big, big yachts, big, you know, big town in a small town. It's, it's great. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's just really pretty. Just love it. I would love to go to Monaco one day, you know, definitely. Three, two, one. All right, Chase. So I got to stop saying, all right, Chase. I feel, I feel like I said it 18 times. Three, two, one. So. Let's get some podium predictions from you, Chase. Who do you think is going to be one, two, and three? Oh, see, now this is tough because it's Monaco, you know? Close track. Someone pushes a little too hard, flies into a wall, Max Verstappen, question mark. Yeah, you know what I mean? (laughs) So it's, ooh. I and you know we 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 know that Monaco is the odds are in your favor in Monaco based off of where you are qualifying. We know that it's a small mm. class, uh, small track, close track, hard to pass on. So I I think it's going to be made up by qualifying, and I think. 
I think it's going to be Max qualifying first, Lewis qualifying second, and then Leclerc qualifying third. And I think it's then going to then stay that for the race. I think it'll be Max first, Lewis second, Leclerc third. All right. Yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's good. Um, I'm going to hit you with this. Chase, mm-hmm. there's one driver in my mind that has had, outside of obviously Lewis and Max, has had, in my opinion, the most success at Monaco, and that is Daniel Ricciardo. He almost won it once mm-hmm. with Red Bull, and then he did win it once with Red Bull. Uh, I think the, the the second time he didn't win because his, uh, something happened in the pits, uh-huh. but he came back and he won it the next year. Yeah. Now, uh, I I tend to agree with you that this all hinges on qualifying. But in my opinion, Daniel Ricciardo in the McLaren is going to win the 2021 Monaco Grand Prix, followed by Charles Leclerc, followed by Max Verstappen. Interesting. In third place. That's what I think. And uh, uh, another possible third place, Yuki Tsunoda! Yuki Tsunoda is <laughs> going to get third place. I'm calling it right here, right now. Tsunoda in the AlphaTauri. I'll call it Tsunoda in the AlphaTauri. He's going to get third place. I'm going to keep calling that because I'm going to be right one of these times. <laughs> I'm going to be right. All right, Chase. Well, it's been excellent chatting with you, and I, I'm looking forward to when we meet again. I agree. Definitely. Monaco... I think Monaco will be everything this race wasn't. All right. Sounds like that sounds like a good place to end. Yeah. All right, Chase. Thanks a lot. See you next time.